Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. I do. Ladies free before midnight, two for one after. That's right, fellas. Bottle service available right now. Tables are going quickly. Also, it's a new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Hard bottoms only. How how was your week? My week was good. It started off shitty because, um, you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about this on the podcast. Uh, We were down at South by Southwest, and we had to rush to get an airbnb yeah yeah we wanted to beat the snowstorm to get down to austin and uh our hotel could not accommodate us a day before so uh you went online and got an airbnb, an airbnb. and every airbnb always has one weird thing about it this one had everything weird about it and yeah we talk about this in the other episode q-tips but... used q-tips on the floor coins in the in the sink it, it felt the like the tub. house was gonna fall over like it just was not a good situation right. but i went on um a few like two weeks later, I guess, or a week later, and I said, "Hey, you know, didn't have a great experience. You said I this want my money back to Airbnb, yeah. not to the person." No, I said to Airbnb, and so two weeks later, I got a phone call back, and they asked for my story, and I said I had a really bad experience with Airbnb. We didn't even stay the night. I would like a refund of some sort. Yeah, and they said, "Well, it's too late for us to refund you, but what we can do is you have to go into basically a mediation." with the renter which which means what which means that i need to send any pictures i have of the property and i need to write up a thing saying you know i didn't stay the night and this is this is why my experience was and this is how much money i'd like back okay so i do that and you know i write a i write how do you do do this is this is there like a program or you you actually like on the phone with them no it's through their i mean i I told the representative yeah no no, but how how are you talking to the person so they there's a thing on the on their app or whatever where okay. you have to literally type out your experience. Yeah. So it's like a dialogue box. Yeah. Okay. So I write out that I had a shitty experience, blah 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 blah. And the guy hits me back and I asked for, you know, it, it was $345 for the um for the Airbnb for the night and I asked for 300 back cuz that's the amount okay. that you're able to do. That's fine. He hits me back with a message that says that this is defamation and that I should pay him a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars? Yeah. Wow. So I was like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then had to argue it down from giving him a thousand dollars to back to giving me money. And at the end of it, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to argue. Like, literally sitting on my computer for an entire night arguing with somebody I don't know was not what you wanted to do. And, you know, I, I didn't even stay in his house. <laughs> right. And he wanted me to give him $1,000 for defamation, defamation for telling Airbnb that I didn't stay in his house because it was dirty. You owe him $1,000. Well, no. So <laughs> I ended up walking away and just being like, fuck it. Like, we, we're paid, not we paid $345. We both agreed that we did not enjoy this experience. Y- me and you or me and the other guy? Me and the other or guy. Or you and the other guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so now what? So now... We can never go back to Austin? Yeah. That's, no. that's what I had to tell you. <laughs> fuck. I don't yeah. even know. How did you respond when he was like, yeah, $1,000? I said, I- I'm going to start over. I don't <laughs> think that you understand what happened here. Um, all right. Well, today on the podcast, in better news, DJ K. Slay. DJ K. Slay, who I'm sure would be a great person to stay with if he put his apartment up for Airbnb. He came over. He was incredible. Yeah. Well, so if if, if there's anyone who doesn't know him uh, off jump, he's a legendary graffiti writer he's a legendary mixtape dj he's been on uh hot 97 and shade 45 for the longest time he's worked with 
every artist you can think of, has stories on this podcast with every artist you can think of. Yeah, like has the best leather collection. <laughs> well, even even beyond that, the man has a great sense of humor. Um, Which I was surprised about. Well, and w- one thing we did not get to get into with him was that our first rap group was yeah, called... The Purchase Street Sweepers. Because we grew up on Purchase Street, and he his crew was the Street Sweepers. So yes. Purchase Street Sweepers. Uh should we have brought it up with him? <laughs> well, we did at the, at the off, well, off mic. Yeah, we took a picture with him downstairs and mentioned. It. And the greatest thing is making Casey laugh. So we we make him laugh a whole bunch. He tells a whole lot of great stories. Yo, I honestly don't know which one's my favorite. Do you have one? Uh, the Jay Z stuff is amazing. The Kanye stuff is amazing. There's a lot of great stories. I in mean, here. but also like even before that, his his graffiti stuff is awesome. Here's someone who has been at the center of hip hop culture, honestly. From the late 70s, early 80s, all the way to today. And that's no exaggeration. So it was a pleasure to sit down with him. When do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Busher Shipback, a.k.a. The Plunger. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Always on Fire, a.k.a. Arson Daily. DJ K. Slate, a.k.a. Slap your favorite DJ <laughs> in the building. Yeah, and it's a waste of time, but it's the real. Slay. What's up, man? Welcome to the Upper West Side. Oh, man, it's an honor to be here. You know, Upper East Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upper East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a problem with you, man. So listen, um, we grew up on your shows. You, you are an institution. You're a legend. And for as many DJs as we've had on here, and we've had a lot, you might be the interview that we're most excited for. It's an honor to have you here. Oh, man, thank you. It's definitely an honor to be here as well. You know, I, I like to do interviews with people who have knowledge of the culture, you know, not just culture vultures, you understand what I'm Oh, saying? for sure. And there's so many of them out here that they just try to find a way to capitalize off the culture but don't care about it. But when you got people that really know about it and know who's who and what's what, that means they had to do their homework on it. For sure. So that means it means something. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you're talking to two nerds, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's funny because we have all these books around, and one of my favorites is that Martha Cooper book up there. Okay. Which you are featured in, and there's pictures of you uh, at the train yard between, like, two trains throwing up something. Okay. And, you know, we've had – and I was telling you outside, we had Bobby Trends on recently. Yeah. And we had uh, Cast One on here recently. Okay. And both those guys would tell us that they would run in the tunnels and they would hang off the sides of buildings. But when it comes to graffiti, you are a legend. And, yeah. And you went by Dez. Yeah. How did you get into graffiti, and how did you end up being, like, the king of the one and the three line? So the funny thing about it was, you know, um, I'm from Spanish Harlem, and there was a lot of gangs around there. And one of the popular gang members, you know, from uh, the Renegades of Harlem, uh, his name was Sly 108 TS, which he was one of the kings of the six train back in the seventies. He also wrote MC three twenty four. Like he was a king and you know, so and David lived in, you know, Franklin Plaza. I'm from East River. So he would come through and he'd have his gang colors on. You know, growing up in the hood, that was the coolest thing to us because you what know, were the gang colors? Had, huh? What were his, what were the colors? Like, all right, you seen the Warriors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's how New York gangs did the like the cut off jean jackets right. with, with the you know the, the, the velvet on the back with the letters ironed on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would see him and me like, damn, man, like, like he's tough. Yeah. But outside of that, that's 
Sly 108. Like, I never knew that was him. I just knew him. But one day I seen him doing a handball court, and I'm like, man, like, why is he painting on the Like, you understand? Like, mm -hmm. it's a gangster, you know what I'm saying? But then I, I came to find out that that came with the culture as well, you know, putting your name mark in your territory and everything. So he had this S, and we all did that S in school. You know, the six sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. connect them. Yeah. I, I seen him do that one time. And I remember going to school and doodling on paper and practicing that S. And, you know, then I start practicing other letters. And then, you know, I wind up not doing no work the whole class. <laughs> so drawing and everything. And that's really the way I really like looking at uh, Sly 108, looking at his pieces. And then seeing the other graffiti artists in my neighborhood, like Spec 108 and um, Part, you know, Part uh, TDS, Dev Squad, and um, Zero you know, Z-Rock the house. It was just different guys who had these pieces all over my neighborhood, and I just got intrigued by it. And I said, man, I want to do that. And I just, you know, would practice and draw. And I never forget the first time um, I actually did a piece. I had went, I brought uh, two spray cans from Woolworth, you know what I'm saying? And that was like the, you know, <laughs> the neighborhood spot where you went and yeah. got everything, like the Acme <laughs> of back in the days. And... um. You went in the back of the schoolyard, and you know it, the piece was horrible. <laughs> like it was really disgusting, but to me it meant everything. Yeah, like, where'd you do like, it? It was back of uh, one forty six. It was uh, a school that I went to. It was an uh, elementary school. I wasn't going there then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Older, but back at elementary school, facing the FDR Drive, I went there. So that was between one forty six and um, ninety nine, which was on a hundred Street. FDR Drive, those are my two little testing grounds for me perfecting my craft. When I got pain, I would go over there in those schoolyards and practice. Yeah. Were you, you know? tagging Spade at that point? Yeah, my first tag was uh, Spade. And, and that was and, because of the Black Spades? Or? Huh? Yeah, the gang. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I, I, was, I used to idolize them, so I used to write Spade. And then it also was uh, an older cat in my, my neighborhood named Spade that was a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. He was really really nice, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and he got killed by the police, you mm -hmm. know, police. They said he fell off the roof, but you know, you know how things happen. Right. Yeah. But long story short, yes, I, I kind of idolized. It was a combination of both of them. And then I kind of wanted a shorter name because, you know, Spade was five letters. So I went with Z-E-L, like Zell, because I used to rock Kazels all the time, even sure. up to now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I went with Zell, like, you know, so I was tagging that for a while. And I kind of wanted a awkward name, you know, something that like the Z is the most complicated letter in the alphabet. I think it might be Z in the letter Q. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. just judging off of Scrabble rules, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I went with, you know, I took the D and the E off of Spade because I like the letter D and the E, and I just took the Z and I put it, and I said Daz. <laughs> I said, yeah, that go, yeah, Daz, and a disaster, Desi Daz, design. I was like, yeah, I could play with that. Yeah. And I just went with Daz. And um, I remember uh, just the first time I went to the train yard. Yeah, which train yard were you, were you going to? All right, the first time I went to the tunnel, I almost died. Oh, the my one God. that's first, on 137th. Hold on, first I got to tell you all the, <laughs> yeah. craziest, the craziest stories. The first time I went on the subway to tag up, I was running with a guy named Fed One. He was a TCP. It was the crazy partners. It was Fed One. It was Mace, um, CR3. It was a bunch of guys from the east side. 
and mm-hmm. I was 14 years old, and we went um, motion tagging. That's like we, you know, that's what toys do. Like you know, say you go, you get on the subway, you write. You're not going to the layup where you get off and you write on the platform. And we went to 143rd Street, man, and it's so funny. Like I got caught. Like it was so funny <laughs> because. I wrote spade and I wrote it so crazy and it was dripping. We all and when I turned around, the cops was on my back and uh, he was like, "Why you do that?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, <laughs> "How old are you?" I was like, 14. He pulled out the cuffs. He cuffed uh, me, cuffed CR three, Fed didn't tag. He let him go. So they took him to 180th Street. I was 14. My mother came to get me. So yeah. the funny thing was, he couldn't read what I tagged. <laughs> so he put me down as space. TBA press. I wrote spade TFA press. I was like, okay, good. I can still. So that kind of made me stop for a little while. Yeah. I know my mother was cursing me out. What are you doing? You cut from school. You got caught. And um, were you an only child? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was the only child. And then um, what happened was, once I got to junior high school, thirteen, I got a little nicer with drawing and. You know, the pieces in the schoolyard was looking crazier and everything. So um, so you knew you had to give the world, like, you couldn't hold back from the world. I, yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> These you know? masterpieces, yeah. But, but my thing was, you know what? I got mm-hmm. caught doing some stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Like that tagging. I said, I don't want to do that. Right. I want to do the more artistic because I felt I was talented. And um, I remember uh, mm-hmm. Fed One, I had went to, when I left junior high school 13, junior high school 13, was nice, but back then it wasn't about who the best teachers was and the best grades. It's like where the bitches was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was like Charles Evan Hughes had the bitches. Yeah. And I said, Well, I'm going to Charles Evan Hughes, and that's when Fed One introduced me to a guy named Paul One, which was one of our partners. He lived up in Harlem River. Harlem River Project is over the number three yard, mm-hmm. and he said, Yo, he got the three yard and check this and that. He a real good dude. I'm like, Word. So we we kicked it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we made dates to go up there. Mm-hmm. But before we made dates to go up there, we went to the sixth tunnel. Now this is this time I almost died. Oh, this was, and I almost quit again because um well, you almost got quit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Because when you go in the tunnel, anybody knows when you paint when they lay the trains up in the tunnel, you stand on the front of the platform. I can say it now because this shit don't exist anymore. You're not you, still running up in the tagging <laughs> trains. Never, ever. It's a felony now. You know what I'm saying? Word. But it's like you 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 gotta stand on the front of the platform and wait for the train to come. When the train comes, as soon as the train takes out the station, then you jump on the tracks and you start proceeding to the, the middle of the tunnel where the train is laid up at. Mm-hmm. So you waiting for the train to go by because you don't want to go down. When I don't know what the fuck was going on that day. I could curse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know what the fuck was going on that day. But anyway, <laughs> once the train went through, all right, we jump on the tracks. We get about ten steps and somebody says train. So we look, it's another train coming, and this is my first time on the track, so I didn't know how to, you know, they got these blocks, like, like I didn't know how to run on them, and I tripped, oh. and I hear niggas laughing, you know, because, you know, it was like, you're, like, you're on your own when you were there. <laughs> I trip, and I'm laying there, and the light is getting closer and closer, so eventually, say I'm here the train stops here for the station oh my god and i'm just like a out of it it just says yo get the fuck up <laughs> like because I'm, I'm i didn't i just froze up like my first time i fell you know what i'm saying i'm dazed and i just got up 
and just hopped in the middle and start running. And I caught him. I was like, yo, why you here? He was like, yo, help you. Like, <laughs> fucking train coming. Like, and it was all laughing at me. I said, man, do I want to really do this shit? Uh-huh. Like, it was like, do I want to do it? But I still stayed and painted. I did a Zell piece. You're supposed to hit the window down. I was below the window, so when that shit pulled up the first time, everybody was laughing, and I was like, okay, don't worry about it. Now I know <laughs> yeah. I got to reach the window. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's when I scheduled to go to the three-yard with Paul One. And Paul One uh, just knew a little more about how, like, he was more instructive to me mm-hmm. on what to do. Like, I may have been more talented than him, mm-hmm. but he was more instructive. And that's when we first did a, uh, I did a Dez piece, and it was real, real cold. And I got a picture of it, too. And then I did a, a Dez and a Poor piece. And then we came back the next week, he did a Dez, Poor, and Mace one. And then it just was like, it's Harlem River. So I'm, I'm coming from the east side to the west side. You know, I bring a change of clothes, and then I get out, I go to his house, he let me change my clothes and I come back, you know, because I want my grandparents and them knowing that, you know, I'm out. Even though you right still on. reek of aerosol. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, exactly. Your hands weren't covered yeah. with paint? But they, you know, nobody was really, as long as my clothes was, they yeah. wasn't really paying too much attention, man. And that just turned into a, you know, a, a habit to every day. What what hours are we talking about at night? Um. Well, this is the crazy thing. At nighttime, it could be like anytime after nine, ten o'clock. But on the weekend, it was crazy because the three yard is a this giant handball court right there. And we'd be down there twelve noon, one in the afternoon, and you know, people be coming looking for I'd be like, yo, get the fuck away from the fence because <laughs> you're making us hot. They're yeah. like, Why why are they looking at the trade? Like there's somebody in there, you know what I'm saying? And we'd be right there in the first lane, piecing, painting away, and it was just like it was just beautiful. Like after a while, it got to a point where we'd be in there, we see the work bums, we'd be like, "Yo, man, we we'd have Bacardi or, or some Wild Irish Rose or whatever it was." And be like, "Yo, here, you know." Like we look out for them, be like, "Yo, let us know if it's any cops on the station." So we really, us being from Harlem, and the train yard being even the, the employees was really <laughs> cool with us. It was like, "Yo, as long as y'all ain't breaking the windows yeah. or you know damaging those shit, tearing the." The poster boards, anything that's making us have to do work or fuck with us, <laughs> y'all good. We don't care about y'all paint the outside. <laughs> so it was like we was going to our house. Yeah. You know? I read somewhere that you were rolling up with like 40 cans mm-hmm. of paint at a time. Like, first of all, how are you carrying them? And also, where are you getting them? All right. Everybody that knew me back then knew I was a horrible thief. <laughs> like, I couldn't shoplift. I'm black, mm-hmm. so immediately when you're going in fucking Martin's paint, it's already, and you got this big, bulky jacket on. It's like, <laughs> and can you I help skinny you? Dude. Skinny guy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the jacket's three times. Like, can I help you? <laughs> so, it was a young brother named Trap, who, I don't care, Trap could steal water from a well. Like, <laughs> it is nothing he, this dude could steal, and... Trap would mostly steal the paint, or I mean, you've seen images of me with the baseball bat in the three yard. I would wait for guys to come to the yard and I would take their paint. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Either I'd make them do a piece with me if they was cool, if not, I would take their paint <laughs> from them, like because I couldn't steal. Yeah. I, I was a horrible shot looker, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which I'm not angry at. Right. I wasn't a good thief. You know and Trap was the kid who was uh, in the in the documentary with you, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Trap, as small as he was, 
he could still like he'd go in the store and come out with eight ten cans one shot. Man, you know two two trips. We got a car. You know we go to different stores. Trap is still like a hundred hundred fifteen cans a day. Holy shit! You yeah, know? I need him in twenty twenty to steal the election for the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So well, it's so funny because you you didn't want your mom to know or your your grandparents to know, but then you know these these. Uh, documentary filmmakers come around and you are one of the centerpieces to their whole documentary and it's amazing now to watch but at the time did any of your relatives or friends like know that you were you know a legend at 16 and in this documentary after a while my cousins you know they would talk like yo did you see what Keith did but not in a bad way like and my mother it was a double-edged sword with her like she loved it Mm -hmm. but the funny thing was how when Scheme had his mother in Star Wars, they wanted my mother too. My mother wanted to do it because she liked my art, but she worked at 100 Center Street as a oh, clerk. Yeah. Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Not she couldn't, you know what I'm saying? So she couldn't be in there like, like, you understand what I'm saying? But at that point, when she seen how good I was, it wasn't a problem, but yeah. it was more of a be safe or why you got to do it on the train right, right, right. or you could lose your life. You yeah. know, like that's what it wasn't even about the cops. Like it was more like you getting killed. Right. You got the third rail and you got to know how to move down there like a, a slip of the hip and you over. Yeah. You know, and you painting on, on a piece of wood covering the third rail because for some reason we just always stood on it. It didn't matter. Like, even though you knew that it was, that was just a habit. Two inches from being like, yeah, roast fried. Or you could take the wrong step and your foot could kick it. Like, like it's just like, but once you down there, you just, you know how to move. And I think that's why it was so hard for cops to catch, you know, graffiti arts because because they didn't like, want to chase you through the tunnel. they don't want to go through that tunnel yeah. they yeah. want to run through there now they have vandal squads which they was a little more you know they dressed like us and had on sneakers and all that but even with them it was like we was a lot more swifter mm-hmm. you know i mean looking back at it now you know mm-hmm. as a as an adult what do you think about the policing of graffiti i mean i'm not gonna lie i don't see a lot of good street artwork like before, and I'm not gonna lie, if somebody wrote on some of my property, the storefront or whatever, or they, my gate, I wanna kick their ass. Mm-hmm. So now I guess that I'm older, I see a lot of the fuckery that we was doing. It's funny to me, still I don't regret it, but I think the felony part is a little retarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, come on, man, you gonna give, somebody a felony for defacing property. I think if you want to do anything, like make them pay for the damage that they done. Like you understand if you mm-hmm. want to do that, but was I that think, Koch or hmm? was that Koch? No, no. The Koch was long gone. Like this had to be, I say within the last 10 years, mm-hmm. it's, it's a felony now. Mm-hmm. Did you know guys who weren't necessarily in like the graffiti scene, but were more like street artists, like uh, Keith Haring or, uh, you know, Ramel Z, Basquiat, these type of guys? Yeah, I met uh, Keith Haring before. I met, uh, I knew Ramel Z personally. Like, he's always, Daz, what's up? Like, he's always cool. We smoked a joint a couple of two, uh, times here and there. But it used to bug me out sometimes, like, when people would put them in the same category as graffiti artists. Like, I think Keith Haring was more like maybe an expressionist or something like that. I, it's, it's, he wasn't a graffiti artist, though, but... He used to draw like with a piece of chalk on with 
like pigs and <laughs> like the part the like you see them barking and whatever and, and shit like that like with he take chalk on like you know how you go in the subways and it'd be like where you put the billboards at sometimes it'll just be all black he tagging that and so on and so forth but i wouldn't necessarily have caught him I, he had no pieces on the train though yeah what did you, know you what think saying? of the guys who were just like doing their tags on the inside of the train like just with like a marker those are bombers yeah you know what i'm saying like Different, nah, yeah. different league. Like. Yeah, exactly. So you had bombers, like, like you had guys like EC three. You understand what I'm saying? Or you had like, oh, all right. Let me give you a, a, a classic example. Band two, bomber. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like respected inside tag EC three. You know what I'm saying? Like LK. You understand? Like they respect, but then, um, you know, you got. Toys who would tag on the inside, like I can't even think of names. Mm-hmm. It's just toys, right? Mm-hmm. That is just you know, or be going over people. So it's a big difference, right? I drew mm-hmm. the Wu Tang symbol on my uh, <laughs> on my notebooks. Right, so. I, did, I did. I did the Rough Riders R. So yeah. you know, that was that was. That was. <laughs> yeah, I just hate when people try to just gel everything together now and say that Nah, man, don't do that. Like I think Ramsey was more like a sculptures. Hmm. abstract art or whatever this and that I don't recall him painting no subway cars and everything but he was always like you see him at uh, the Mud Club or Dance Terry or the Roxy like he was everywhere mm-hmm. like where we were at but he wasn't in the train yard mm-hmm. did you, you ever know? hang out downtown? yeah I mean I guess you just named like three clubs that were downtown <laughs> I used to, be, so, yeah. I used to, go, I used to uh, pop in all those spots especially the Roxy come on like, yeah. did you really? see like I don't know who else was down there like Madonna <laughs> Nah, I never seen Madonna. I seen um, the Blondie. Uh, yeah? yeah, Debbie yeah. Harry. Yeah, I wow. seen that the chick that did the Blondie shit. Mm-hmm. I seen her there. Um, everybody was like on Fab that Five Freddy. Like, I, I know Fred. Yeah, I yes. know him. Yeah, I see. Of course, you know Fred was everywhere. <laughs> you understand? Can't saying? get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely put it down for the culture. But nah, like you know. What were you most proud of, and how did you know if something like became like all city? Um, Did you have people down in Brooklyn who would, you know, somehow get word back to you? And People from everywhere. I mean, when, you know, different people would say, you know, I got a picture of this or I seen that. You know, it was funny because graffiti was like a world of mouth thing amongst us. It was our own world. Like, even people that was on the subway platforms, a lot of them couldn't even understand a burner that went by. It could be a scene burner. It could be a mid-77. It could be a case burner. And they couldn't read it, but we'd be sitting there like, oh, shit, case just dropped the news. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it was like our own little underground world and word of mouth traveled amongst us. It Mm -hmm. it didn't even matter about anybody else because you know it was no Instagram, Facebook, (laughs) and all. There was none of that. Some people couldn't even afford a computer, so it was definitely none of that. So it was really like a, a word of mouth thing. Like, oh, you... The Grand Concourse on 49th Street, the bench. That's mm-hmm. when people would be talking about, yo, you seen the new such and such piece? Yo, that was crazy. Yo, you seen that character? Yeah. Yo, did you hear about this? Like, so that was really like the uh, the spot where everything transpired or just word of mouth. And how territorial was was graffiti? Oh, man. It was super territorial. <laughs> like, some people couldn't go certain places. I went wherever I wanted. I had a lot of... <laughs> Beef with a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of, yeah, yeah. yeah it's always <laughs> with some bullshit I was involved in, but you know that's just it was. I was just I was young and stupid. Did you know uh, 
who is the dude with the mustache who um who oh, would cap or whatever? Yeah, who would tag over? Yo, let me tell you about this dickhead. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the crazy thing about Cap that pissed me off was me and Cap was cool. We used to smoke dust together. Mm. Me, him, or Mean Three, right on 116th Street. And I guess he got too high one day. Maybe he didn't understand what it said, but he went over me. I said, yo, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Mm -hmm. Like, so when he he went over me, like a lot of people kind of didn't want to, you know, tangle with him because Cap was a wild dude. <laughs> Man, you when mean, I used to catch us, <laughs> yeah, like, we, but we was on the same planet, so it yeah. didn't matter. Like, I'd go over his cap throw-ups, too. I'd tag over him. It's even in Subway Art, they got a picture of my tag, like, about 10 tags over the cap. Like, yeah. I was going over him, too, because I felt like, yo, man, we was cool. Like, what happened? Like, you just went crazy. Right. You know, but, yeah, I, I knew Robert, you know what I'm saying? He fucking dickhead, man. <laughs> Running around fucking shit up, you know, but... Like I said, we was young back then, man. And yeah. It was just something to do. Like, I'm past all that now. But, right. yeah, I used to be in all kind of stupid shit, man. Um, like, I shouldn't tell you this, but Robert's right back there. <laughs> um, He's coming out. I don't think he can handle me right now. <laughs> just say, I'm still in good shape. I don't know what he's looking like now, but we're done. Who else was in your league? Fuck, Peacing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, definitely I want to shout out Scheme. You know, Scheme was somebody that, you know, we was right there together. That was my partner at one mm -hmm. time before he had went to the Army. Um, definitely Case was just like rest in peace uh, we were somebody we looked up to Case 2 Part um, Chain 3 you know TMT crew um, Mitch 77 Scene mm -hmm. um, it, it's so many guys that back then was was doing their thing um, do you run into anybody anymore? yeah yeah I talked to I run into a lot of people I talked to Part all the time I talked to Scheme last week I'm actually gonna do some pieces this summer whoa um, I, I did uh, one of them little metal replica trains for somebody a week ago. I did. Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm back in the mix. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so, you still got it. Yeah. 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 I show it to you before we leave because I got it in my phone. But That's what's yeah, up. I, I still got the touch. Some things you can't lose. Yeah. Some things you just can't. Like I'm the type of person. I get a spray can in my hand or mark in my hand. Give me like around 15 minutes and it's there. Wow. It's so there. not only were you heavy into graffiti, but you were b-boying. Yeah, breakdancing. And and you did you had a couple bars in the documentary. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> so what did how did well, you first of all we need you to freestyle for the next right, hundred yeah, bars. Yeah. Just real quick. <laughs> just drop a hundred bars on us. Well it's the Desi Des in the Casey Case in D five. We gonna rock the place. Hey. And if you base in our face you get disgraced because we are the crew. Who got the bass? Hey. That, that was now that was the freestyle I did back then on Star Wars, man. I was sixteen yeah, years yeah, old, but yeah. that was the freestyle that we went into the rocket in the pocket. Yeah, and yeah. The, the message and yep. everything, but yeah, that was that freestyle back then, man. Crazy. Um, and you're not even on dust right now. Nah, nah, nah. Nah. As far as I I'm can, sober. Yeah. Nah, I'm all, I I get high going on twenty eight years, man. Uh, congratulations. Um, congratulations. I, no weed, nothing. Yeah. Nah, I drink my champagne. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my champagne, I'm gonna do that. But yeah. nah, I, all of that was just me being young and not having no guidance. You understand? I grew up without a father. You mm -hmm. understand? My mother tried the best she could, but she stuck by me. And not when my grandparents, what could they really do to control me? Sure. You understand? So I had to learn everything I learned through the street. Yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. you're 16, East Harlem. Mm -hmm. 
and also sometimes in, in the Bronx. Bronx. Yeah, yeah, back and forth. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you are and and Zulu Nation. Yeah, it's a Zulu. And yeah. you're out in the park, and so you're seeing Flash, and you're seeing Africa Mbada. You are yeah. at the center of of something. But did you know what that something was? Yo, that's the crazy thing about it, and I try to tell everybody, and that's what kind of pissed me off with this culture today is that when we started doing hip-hop, we didn't even know it was hip-hop. We didn't have a name for it. It was no name for it. It was something, what we called it was trying to do something to take the fact off our mind that we was fucked up. And when I say fucked up, we're like we wasn't eating out the garbage can. That's not just. But I'm saying is we couldn't do the things that a lot of other people could do because we was young, and the roof over our head, the food we ate, and the clothes we had on our back, and going that was our blessing. You understand what I'm saying? So with that, we was cool. But you know, the basketball every day, you know, football, whatever it was, it's just like it was something else was missing. And you know, the break dancing came, you know, and then the, you know the graffiti and. You know, the, the DJing, you know, it was always there, but before it conformed into the hip-hop aspect, you know what I'm saying, the MCing, which DJs always used the mic before they started putting it into the, the rapping aspect. These were just all the different things that we did every day just to take our mind off the bullshit. Like, you know, we come outside one day, there's music going to be in Schaumburg Plaza today. Word, floor master's going to be breakdancing. Yo, let's put our shirts on. Like, we all had our shirts with the, the, the uh, iron-on letters. Yeah. And we put our shirts with our names on and go over there and watch the battles. You know what I'm saying? You had KG on it? Huh, yeah, yeah. KG, yeah, KG was my name. KG or, or Keith G. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, Keith G was the my name. But KG was, after a while, I just went with the KG. And um, we'd go over there and watch the battles and then... Sometimes we went to other people's blocks to break dance, and then it'd be days that we were like, yo, let's go to the train yard. We go do graffiti. Mm-hmm. Then it were days we were like, yo, let's bring the equipment out in our park. And that's where you see that infamous picture of me in the back of the park with the Kango yeah. DJ. And I was a little older then. I was about 17 then when Henry Chalfon took that picture. But it was like every day it was just something different to do. It wasn't like this is hip hop culture. Like we, because we wasn't getting paid for nothing. There was no money involved. I mean, when we did house parties, it was fifty cent at the door. <laughs> People didn't have fifty cent. We let them in anyway. Yeah. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Or they sit in the hallway and be smoking till they say, "Yo, people come up. We got to call the cops." Like, "Yo, yo, come on, come on, come in, come in." Like you blowing up the spot. So it was like that wasn't the motive. The motive was just having something to do, and you know that's how the culture came about. The older dudes. Like Flash and uh, Theodore and um and you know Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde and them, they figured it out to where the money aspect started coming into the game, and you know later on, like this era here, I would say about '90s came. That's when people really started learning how to make money without getting raped by the the, the corporate guys. Sure. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because even early on with the you know the guys that got the record deals like. Uh, Funky Four plus one more, and you know they they didn't get a deal like guys are getting today. Right. No, nah, I'm pretty sure they probably got like uh, some clothes. Right. You know what I'm saying? A couple hundred for their pocket, and may have never seen a royalty a day in their life. Right. Because it was early on, and we didn't know that. Just the fact of being, you know, on a stage or you gonna do a video on me or whatever. That was just enough because. That's not why we was doing it in the beginning. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, with that being said, it's just like, man, it was just seeing it where it's at right now. It's a blessing. But once again, we kind of lost control of it. So look where it's at now. It's like trickless magicians. Like it's no, <laughs> like real. It's no longer about your talent. Right. It's about what gimmick you got going on. Um, and How many rabbits you can pull out of the hat? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, like you could go to a guy that's not even into rap who has a big mansion, five cars. And you could go shoot a video at his spot or whatever, and have him have a couple girls there, whatever. And people will really believe that this is your life and idolize you. You could get rich. It's right. smoking mirrors. Right. Uh, and you could be horrible. So now it's about the materialism over the talent and I don't I don't condone that. Okay, so you had turntables as early as like 13, 14, something like that? Funny thing is when I, I started DJing probably before I was into graffiti but in that, I was first time I messed with turntables I was 11 and it's so funny because I'm not going to say his name because he got mad last time but it was an overdue, an older dude with my project who um you should give me loose joints to sell in school. You know, y'all know what joints yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, because, you know, times went, there's just blunts now. Right, so yeah, 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 yeah. You should give me loose joints to sell in school. <laughs> so, I, you know, I didn't know about that. He's giving me, say, sell them for a dollar. And, um, you know, you take 50 cent, give me 50 cent. I'm mm -hmm. like, all right. So I'd come with his money. He'd be like, how much money you made? I'd be like, nah, some of the guys only had 50 cent or 75 cent. So he was like, no, no, you can't do that. You give away your profit. <laughs> like, you understand? Like, so... He took a liking to me, probably because I was kind of quiet and young or whatever. So every now and then he'd have these house parties. It got to a point where I didn't want to go to school anyway. So, and then, you know, they have girls there and everything. So he told me to come to his crib and he need me to DJ. I'm like, I don't know how to DJ. He was like, no, don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. So say he had me in the back room with the door closed. You know what I'm saying? The speakers was out here. Living room is bigger than this. This was the yeah, party. Yeah. He had two turntables set up. There's no mixer, but you know the component sets, like this, the old component sets. He had the stack of 45s. He said, look, he had one hand here. He said, when this one is playing, he said, when this one is going <laughs> off, when you see it going off, you put this needle down here, <laughs> right? Turn this one down and turn this one up. <laughs> so I did it, you know. I kept doing it, boom, right? So one time, you know, I, I start smoking, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, yeah. so I, I'm smoking and I kind of started bugging out. <laughs> so the music goes off and I hear everybody, hey, yo, what the fuck? So he comes and says, yo, what the fuck you doing? I'm like, he said, oh man, you getting high, damn. Like, no, come on, you gotta keep it going. But what happened was that day, I realized that I had power, like, I controlled those adults in the other room. Those 15, 16 year olds, when I played the music, they partied. Yeah. When it stopped, they stopped. They all was dependent upon me to keep it going. I felt, I liked the way that felt. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Did right. you know any tricks? Like, did you have any, like, you know, moves? Crab scratch yeah, and all that? No, right there. No, that no, was my first time. I didn't know nothing. Right, yeah. no, I, eventually, I didn't, I didn't eventually. <laughs> now, as time went on and people got wind that I knew a little bit. It was another guy named Myers, uh, William Myers, and uh, he had a mixer. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget, he had that Gemini mixer, that big old crazy <laughs> Gemini mixer, and he had the, the Technique uh, 210s. 
and um, he used to let me come to his house and he used to let me practice. And that's when he started teaching me the back and forth. You know, I was kind of rough at first. I couldn't really um, catch the beat on time because timing is something that takes time to learn how to catch the beat. But I would go to his house and practice every day, beg my mom to get me some turntables. And I remember the first ones I got was Gerard turntables. Couldn't four techniques, but I learned, like say they had the felt pads for the turntables. My felt pad was, I took one of my mother's old albums, put the record there, cut around it, oh. put that cardboard there and the 45 record under it, and it would spin <laughs> just as good yeah. as a felt pad. You know, you, You're like you, MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. You learn to make provisions. <laughs> yeah. Ingenuity. So eventually, once I got around 13, 14, I was one of the nicest dudes in my neighborhood. Um, can we talk about your neighborhood? Like, uh, mm -hmm. Alpo was from there, or uh, right? AZ, yeah, like all these. A guys. No, no, just Alpo, just Alpo? on the east side. AZ is from the west side. Yeah. Um, what was the nicest car you saw driving by? Um, Benz. He had every. Poe had so many cars, man. Like it was, it was what car he didn't have. Mm. Like, but he had the Benz with the BBSs on it, BBSs, whatever they call them shits, and he had all kind of cars. But the, but the thing a lot of people don't even realize is that when him. He liked bikes. Like, Alpo would be wheeling from 100th Street to 125th Street. Like, that was his thing beyond cars. A lot of people ain't really, like, if you were from the east side, you wouldn't even know that. And even in the movie Paid in Full, they didn't show his upcoming from the east side. They mm -hmm. only showed from the west side activity. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But, yeah, like, I knew him from... Uh, I lived in building 429, he lived in 430, mm -hmm. you know, and back in our time, like like I said, like things was rough. Uh, one of our old hustles was to throw a garbage can on the FDR drive. And what that would do was congest the traffic and then we'd walk alongside the barrier. You know, they don't they ain't wondering what's going on. If you seen that chain or that fat looking bag or whatever we yapped it and mm. hopped over the wall our project was there the white was chasing us in that project you yeah. understand what i'm saying so those are some of the struggles we had coming up in our neighborhood but um now nah, poe was from definitely from my project i know i'm coming up mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that he's done i don't know him by that like right. i don't i don't know like when i found out about all the killings and this and that and the third, I was like, I don't, I don't know that Albert right there. Mm -hmm. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's I don't know him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. That's not the one I know. What What's even there now? What's on 105th and first now? Project. Project still? Still project. I mean, but you know, uh, they gentrified that whole. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of new buildings that wasn't there when I was there. Doorman, all kind of shit. But that project, yeah, is still there. You know what I'm saying? It's still and it's still ugly. They got them big. Uh, Anywhere you see a project, we got the big police lights, mm -hmm. and that look, look like a police station there. That means the project is hot. Mm -hmm. Block is hot. It's mm -hmm. a lot of criminal activity going on, and that's what's over there. Is Bodega Bams around there? He's yeah. a little further up. He's right like around 119th, like right where my studio is up. Same, mm -hmm. same area. You know, we on First Avenue. He was on Second Avenue. But um, a lot of people come from my neighborhood, like um, Cameron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You from over there, Black Rob? Mm -hmm. uh, from over there. Um, How far were you from Eleven Ninety Nine? That's right yeah. down a block. I'm yeah. from One Hundred Fifth. It's One Hundred Seventh Street. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. two blocks. Like they literally right, right down the block. Yeah. You know, Jim Jones was a little forever over. It was a, a hip hop group called Ziggy. 
They had the record toss it up. They was from um, Metro, Metro North. It was like a mm-hmm. lot of people came Duke out. Duke the God, right? Yeah, Duke yeah. the God from 1199. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of people who came uh, from my neighborhood. You, mm-hmm. know? you went away for, for a little bit. Yeah, short stretch. Mm-hmm. Real short stretch. I mean, I mean, my stretch was longer for me being a dumbass because my sentence was only a year. I could have been out in six months. I was so fucking retarded that I was in there eight months, two months over, because when I first got arrested, first of all, I was on the run. Because mm-hmm. I had a, a a sale charge. They said I sold to undercover. I don't believe I sold to undercover, but that's just some shit they do when they run down and catch you and say, well, you you was under investigation. We saw you, before, uh, you sold to undercover. All right, whatever. Uh, you know, if you got uh, me on picture or whatever, then you got me. If mm-hmm. not, you know, fuck you. So, but you know, and no money for no lawyers. So they went through one of the bullshit lawyers at me. I went to two court dates because I'm waiting for the lab report because the time they caught me, I only had three bottles left. I, I done sold around 47 bottles. <laughs> so y'all caught me with three bottles in money. Yeah. They was like, what's that? Like, you were selling? I said, I wasn't selling. They said, so what's this? I said, I was using it. Like, you understand? I say, fuck that. Right, I was yeah, using right. it. So now he got mad, like he hit me, like like you lying, you were selling. I saw you, you sold the. Under- I said, all right, so then lock me up, then that's it. Like so, they took me and locked me up. I'm fighting this shit because I know if they had me, I wouldn't had a court date going back and forth. Third court date, I get a call that my lawyer. Now this is already the bullshit court appointed lawyer can't make it, and they're gonna have another lawyer. I said, what, what else he- was he doing? <laughs> exactly, but but my thing is, well, who's the other guy? Can I get his number? Never got him on the phone. So I'm like, nah, when I go to court, they gonna jam me up. So I was like, fuck it, gingerbread man, catch me if you can. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. go to court. Eventually, me and my dumb ass, one night, I decide to go home, and they caught me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The fucking, they came and got me and shit, and uh, I never knew the whole time when I was in North Facility, right? Because I'm a detainee. I got regular clothes on, we in there, that, the time they realized it wasn't enough drugs in the lab report mm-hmm. for the three bottles they caught me with, mm-hmm. and they had no proof that I was selling, I was supposed to have been out. The only thing they really got me with for was like not going back to court in possession. So that shit was a misdemeanor. I was supposed to have been out. Me and my dumb ass getting comfortable on Rikers Island because I knew everybody in there. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? was there two months over because they asked me, well, do you want to do a drug program or whatever? Because I told them that I was using. Right. You understand? Right, right, yeah, so right. I said, yeah, hell yeah. Like, if this going to get me out. So they held me because they said, when the time the lawyer told my mother kept asking me, when are you getting out? Yeah. Like, why are you? I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, look into it. <laughs> so when I finally started looking into it, they was like, well, your sentence was six months. You're supposed to bid out. But being that you said you wanted a program, they were trying to wait for a pro- bed dope. I said, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers crazy. Yeah. So instead of waiting the two weeks, my mother was like, well, why don't you just do the program? So Because I couldn't go back to my grandparents' house because once you get caught selling drugs in the project, mm-hmm. they got to take you off the lease or they can get put out. Right. So I would have been coming home to no place to stay. She said, why don't you just go there? Uh, for about you know a couple months, get it together so you can get your spot or whatever. So I said, yeah, all right, cool. Me and my dumbass signed up for this shit. Now I signed up for another fourteen months uh-huh. that I could not leave. If I left, I would have to 
go back. I'm like, but what is like what are y'all talking about? But that yo, that's some them fucked up lawyers, them yeah. court appointed dude. He told me, no, nah, I don't worry about it. But that might have been the best thing for me because I wound up six months in there, got a job working there, started a clothes hustle, got my DJ equipment back together. Like in a year, I fucking was out here looking like I had more money than half my block. Yeah. <laughs> Legal. Yeah. All my equipment, getting my shit together. So somewhere in that time, you got it in your head that I'm going to DJ and I'm going to just destroy it. I right? had everything to think about now because now my mind is clear. Right? I'm not getting high. I ain't got no no idiots. Well, it's idiots, but <laughs> like I got my, my senses back. Did you, did you get a chance to tell your mom what your plan was? No. Nah. But my mother always, if one thing that was so weird, like when my father had left, I was eight years old. I was young. And I would, you know, like any kid, you always gonna ask, where's your, my father, why, why? And she would always be like, don't worry about him. Like, you're gonna be make him proud one day. Like, you're gonna be somebody. Like, my mother, that's why I love her to death because if it wasn't for her telling me that, she made me believe it. Like, I would argue with, with people like, man, I'm going to be a star. Your motherfucker, what? Like, I would, like, because she really made me believe it. And then was the time that I said, yo, you know what? I need to make this happen now. Like, I owe her for everything she's done for me, stuck by me. When I was locked up, she was the one on the visits. When I was in trouble, if anything happened, I don't care. I could do the worst shit. My mother was there for me. Yo, you're you're her only like, child. Yeah, like, exactly. At, at the time, I was. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But now, this was my opportunity to, to flip the script. You know, fuck the hustling. You know, sometimes, and th- and this is what holds a lot of people back. You know, sometimes you got to just come to terms with. Yo, I was a fucking horrible drug dealer. When you get caught. Doing something more than once, you're not good at it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you got to come to terms with shit. You know what I'm saying? You're a horrible fucking drug dealer. Not, not I, a good I, drug dealer and not and, a good thief. Not yeah. a good drug Not a good thief. I fucking liked drugs. So that's right, even right. fucking worse. You understand what I'm saying? I want to smoke dust. You want to smoke dust with fucking 200 cracks in your pocket. When the dust wears off, the cracks is gone, the money's gone, because you don't know you probably gave it out to everybody because you fucking burnt. Right. You toasted. You, right. Like, dust will make you black out. You don't do nothing. Niggas will tell me, yo, man, you know you punch dude. I ain't do... What are you talking about? Yo, man, you fucking got high and you start... So, yeah. you know... Now I'm sober, so all of that bullshit, everything, you know, my mind was clear. I was able to get to the money, get to the business. I looked around. SNS was doing his thing. Kid Capri, um, Star Child, Brucey e. B, um, Ron G, Chillwell from the East Side, Doop. These dudes was putting out mixtapes. They're doing their thing, DJing, and I was like. Yo, they getting paid to do this shit now? <laughs> Nigga's like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm like, serious? I'm like... You're like, how come I didn't get paid to do like the A to B thing yeah. in the back like, for the, yeah. the party? Like, I'm, 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 I'm looking at, yo, like, motherfuckers is really capitalizing off of this culture now. And I got talent. I got two talents. And I said, graffiti shit. I could do some galleries and all that, but right, I think... Right, you were selling some pieces, right? I mean, I did them. I was never in it for that. 
Right. Know, I, I did some. But, but I mean, I, like, people would come to you and be like, hey, here's a, like, put this on paper or whatever. And yeah. you would say, here, give me $600 or something, right? Yeah, like, shit, even when I was in jail, I would do that shit for niggas for cartons of cigarettes because dudes hmm. would want to um, send letters to their girl. And they'd be like, yo, man, could you... Like put my name on the envelope like this or whatever this and that and I'll be like yeah man six packs, two Damn. packs like you understand what I'm yeah, saying like yeah. yeah you know like cigarettes is money you saved some relationships <laughs> out there by yeah, the way like yeah, I mean <laughs> by all means you understand so but were you also I mean, smoking the cigarettes nah okay just making nah, sure not, yeah, not yeah. There. currency I, yeah you know what's funny when I came home I smoked cigarettes for about two years and stopped it was stupid like I was mm -hmm. it was almost like a, a substitution like I'm like. Why am I spending money? I'm not getting the buzz. I'm not getting high, and it's just gonna kill me. Right, fuck right. That. I mean, you, know you make it saying? sound great. Yeah, like, you know, like shit. I'm like, what the fuck? It made no sense though. Yeah. Like, it was, it, it really was senseless. So, I cut that out. But yeah, people started capitalizing off the culture, and I felt like um, I needed back in. At that point, you've gone from uh, Keith G to, to KG, and then you decide I'm gonna switch it up, and I'm gonna be K Slay, mm -hmm. and there were no other names, right? Nah, and, and the only reason why I did that was the time I got back into the game, Naughty by Nature DJ was called KG. KG right. It, he spelled I, it out, though. Like and, but that's how my name was spelled out. I yeah. spelled it oh, out K-A-Y-G-E-E. -E. Exactly. Yeah. I got party flyers. I, I got I got everything yeah. on my phone. Yeah, I got yeah, the yeah. shit. Just give us your phone. Yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my phone is expensive. <laughs> Not the phone, what's in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of straight something covered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of everything, you know? By the way, mm -hmm. just uh, let's uh, jump jump forward a, a bunch of years. How'd you feel when Kanye had that line in the Can't Tell Me Nothing remix when he was just like, and after all the drama, okay, he slayed him? Yeah. But this was the funny thing. What a lot of people don't know is when I was on my, like, really up, like, one of the, you know, biggest, most looked up to DJs in the game, and I was working on um, my album, Joey I.E. That's our guy. All right. Yeah. He, well, he could confirm this. He reached out to me and said, yo, Kanye West wants to have a sit down with you. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, because, no, for, I know he's working with Jay-Z and yeah. all like, fuck you want to talk? He said, verbatim, he said, well, certain individuals don't believe in his music. And they're telling him he needs to stick to being a producer. I was like, and? And he wants you to listen to his album help you pick out some records uh, for a single or whatever, and in return for that, if you let him come freestyle on the show, like, you know, he'll give you some free beats for your album, whatever it is. And I'm like, man, look, I'll just do it just to do it, because I wasn't really, you know. So he came to the studio, humble, quiet. This was a little bit after, you know, he held up from the, the Wire situation, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That record was just starting to play. Um, he had some record with the church choir. I was like, nah. <laughs> then no disrespect. I was like, nah. And then he had a joint. He had a bunch of records, but when he played the, uh, the joint with Twister and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, and, Overnight Celebrity. I said, this is the single right here. He was like, yeah. I said, yeah, that's the single right there. Then um, I gave him a date to come to the radio station. Now, now I'm a funny dude. When people came on my show, I throw them in the lion's den. Like, you know, because he's coming to rap. So I called this artist named Graf. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, Harlem, right? Back then, you know what I'm saying? I, I called, I said, yo, I need you to come up. You know, Kanye West would come. Kanye wasn't Kanye when, so I was just like, yo, I just wanted to see what he'd do. By and the way, not Overnight Celebrity, Slow Jams. Slow Jams, exactly. That was the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So 
he came up. He had consequence with him. You know what I'm saying? And they went at it for like about a good 45 minutes. Now, some of the rhymes I heard on his albums, which is cool because a lot of people do that, but when he was spitting, he was up there. So I said, damn, dude got a little oomph to him. You understand what I'm saying? So he comes to the studio. Like, now I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get something from him. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, real talk. Like, come on, I'm doing a little bit too much. So he came to the studio, and um, he produced a joint that was on my album called... uh, you don't want no drama. It was anyway. It had Jaheem on it, Nori, yep, yep. Nature, yeah. Kanye West yeah. came to the studio, produced that joint. Then they was doing this mixtape documentary. Some guy that was doing it, and I wound up calling him in the room. Him and David Banner was in my session that, so I put him on that. Mm. You understand? And after that, he kind of took off when he put the single out. Now I remember me and Joey being in the studio with him. I said, "Yo, you're a real cool dude, man." Don't change. He was like, nah, Slade, never. never. <laughs> you know, you know, kind of back then, he talked with his mouth, right? Because his mouth was still yeah. healing up. Right. And when he took off, he started getting a little crazy. And i never forget, I was in the Mandalay Bay. It was 2007 out in L.A. Not Vegas, pardon me. And Shaq and them had a party. That's when I was a for Shaq's company. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning on the pole, <laughs> right? So I see Kanye West come walking in fast, and I believe that's when he was with the Amber chick. And mm-hmm. he comes walking in. He looks me dead in my face and walks by. Ooh. So I'm sitting there, right? I ain't saying nothing. He got about 10 steps and <laughs> ran back. And he said, and I, I fuck with him because of that. He said, yo, man, I cannot walk by you like that, man. He said, he shook my hand. He said, you good? You need anything from me? I said, no, I'm good. He said, you sure, right? I said, no, I'm sure. He went about his business. Mm. So I'm on Hot 97, and that's when that record came out, the yeah. first version. And the hook was so hard, I was killing it and killing it and killing it. And I remember Sav hit me like, yo, that nigga Kanye in the car going crazy. He he hearing you going off. He said he got a treat for you, yo. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And when the record came out, they sent it to me. They said, listen to the whole record, play the whole record. And that's when I heard that line on there, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah, we had a little history, that's, man. So that was that's a, so dope. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's the story behind it, man. I mean, I haven't heard from him in a while, man. Yo, but, but if uh, you ever need anything. You want to know what? Yeah. I hope Amber- I hope that still stands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amber Rose has also not heard from him in a while. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. So wait, so you're, you're coming up, uh, you're doing mixtapes, uh, like cassette tapes, right? Yeah, back then. Yeah. 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 Um, where would you like sell them? Like how were you selling them? How were you getting people on your on your tapes? Well, in the beginning it was just a matter of who you knew. I knew a lot of people, like I always knew how to work my way around certain situations to get what I needed. So, um a story I tell frequently, I'm gonna tell y'all real brief. I remember when I was trying to put together my first mixtape going up to Bad Boy and um, James Cruz, seeing him. <laughs> and um, before I got to see James Cruz, it's like it was these big glass doors. Like you had to buzz it. You couldn't just walk in Bad Boy. I seen Mr. C come walking out. He had a bunch of records with him. I didn't know him back then. You know, I just looked at the nigga, whatever. And um, when Cruz finally come, I'm like, yo, what's up? My name is Kay Slay and I'm a DJ. 
trying to do these mixtapes and trying to see if I got any promos. He said, well, you got any mixtapes so I can hear what you're doing? I said, nah, but, you know, I'm doing some clubs, you know, here and there, whatever. I had some flyers with me. He was like, yeah, but, no, I, I need a little more. I need to hear what you're doing. Like, how we know you're not going to be trying to sell these records. I said, look at me, motherfucker. I look like I'm trying to sell some records. I said, not sell them this way. Then he said, well, come back in two weeks because we ain't got none right now. I said, Joe, this motherfucker just walked out here with two on. He said, but that's Mr. C, though. You're not Mr. C. I said, okay. I said, I got you. I said, yo, man. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get so hot, y'all gonna be begging me not to play records that ain't supposed to be out. I said, watch. So what I did was, I was like, it gotta be a way. Like so, I started thinking, who gets shit on the most at the record labels? Ding, interns. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what I did was found out all the little different interns at these different labels. And I would pay them. I would give them $100. I'd be like, well, your CEO or your A&R bouncer, whatever, whatever exclusives laying around, take the CD, record the record, put the CD back, and give it to me. Mm. And I had about a good five of them. And that's how I was getting all them exclusives that wasn't supposed to be out <laughs> and new shit and half done songs and what were you, what, references to, to records by artists that wasn't spitting all kind of shit. Do you remember like what exclusives you started having? Well, I remember, well, what I could tell you for one, um, shout to the homie Shine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had came across his album, but me and Shine was cool, so I wasn't going to violate his album before it came out, like long before the shit. And I said, I put, I played one record, so I played the exclusive. Man, mind you, this is Bad Boy. Yeah, yeah so you're getting a James Cruz right now. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the call from Conrad. I believe that was, his name was Conrad. Yo, I'm saying you played the Sean record, like, you know, how you get the record, da da da. I'm like, I don't know, it just found its way to me. Like, what you mean it found its way to you, man? You had to get it from somewhere. We need to know who you got it from. I said, hold on for a second. <laughs> right? I go to my player, put the phone to the speaker, and I click the song. I go, was it this one? He goes, nah. I go, hold on. Click. Was it this one? He goes, uh-uh. Hold on. Click. Is it this one? He goes, oh, my God. You got the whole album? <laughs> I was like, yo, tell James Cruz. I said, what's up, man? And hung up on him. You understand? So it's like, at that time, I, it was nothing that I could not get. It was just like, how the fuck he, you know, and I mean, pretty much Clue was the same way, but mm-hmm. I, I know Clue got him probably another way, but he was getting the exclusives too. So it was like, I had to keep up with the Joneses. We yeah. got Clue out here, you got Who Kid out here. You understand I'm saying? DJ Envy, it was, you know, dog time. It was a lot of brothers. Uh, doing their thing so I had to find a way and that was definitely my way right there yeah what was your angle like what 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 did you do that other guys couldn't do well I first started out doing blend tapes with a DJ demo right we had a series called warning then I just started doing exclusives I would blend in the beginning and then play exclusives after then once clue you know um you know and I ain't ashamed to say he started that trend with just exclusive playing joints back to back, like no mixing, no just exclusive. I'm like, and people was on that shit. Like, I'm like, well, if this is what the fuck the <laughs> game is 
conforming to, then I got to do what the game want. So I start, you know, getting exclusives, back-to-back, connect them, talk my shit. You understand what I'm saying? Um, But even then, I was like, okay, I'm emulating what everybody doing. So what I did was I'm going to get artists to host my mixtapes. And I remember the first one I did was with Sticky Fingers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I was the first one doing that artist hosting shit. I don't care what nobody said. I was the first one to start doing that. And then um, I remember Feds Magazine was coming out with the um, issue with Alpo on it. So I'm saying, damn, they're going to be reading the interview about him. But if I was to get him to do an interview from jail talking about what's in the Feds Magazine and put the the audio in between the music, people were going to want to hear it, you know, despite the fact of whatever they had to say about him, he did this and that and the third, all right, true, it's not right, but y'all buying Feds Magazine to read about it, y'all going to get K. Slay mixtape to hear about it. Yeah. So I reached out to uh, his mom's, you know, which I knew her well, and she spoke to him, and he said, yeah, you know, I do that for KG, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he knew me from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he called, and we did that. Then um, I also had got AZ on the mixtape, mm-hmm. and I had, uh, rest in peace, I had Larry Davis. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I started getting street figures, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, to host my mixtape. So that kind of separated me from, you know, I had Gangsta Lou all there. Like, mm-hmm. I had different guys from the street on my mixtapes, you know what I'm saying? And that kind of took me in a whole nother, okay, he's not just a DJ, he's connected with different people. Mm-hmm. You understand? It took me to a whole nother level. But also, like, you were you were doing, like, street mixtapes. Yeah. You're not, you weren't doing, like, you know, doo-wop stuff anymore, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. When did... The Justo Awards, like, really enter your life? I believe that was 1999. Um, he reached out to me, and he was like, yo, I need you to come to the date. And he came up to me. It was him and somebody else. He was hype. We need you to come to the award show, this and that. And I'm like, mm, I don't really want to go, whatever, <laughs> this and that. Like, no, nah, like, come, man. Like, you're doing your thing, whatever. And I came, and I had one best hip-hop DJ of the year. And I just... <laughs> Did you know that you were killing it at that point? You know... Or was it, it, like, sort of in a vacuum because there isn't, like, an internet to sort of get? Exactly. Like, you really don't know. Like, I just knew I was doing what I was doing. When I won and the the reaction to the crowd and everybody was screaming and all the DJs were there, like, it was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And even then, it was like, okay, you won. And then next year, I won DJ of the year. Mm -hmm. I won two awards. But then, you know, when I really knew... This is what, like like you said, there's no internet. Mixtapes is shaking. When I really knew that I was there is the first time I went to South Beach. And that was in 2001. And that's right about the time when I had, um, did the situation with Chris Lighty. Mm-hmm. Violator. Yeah. And I had um, released the record, 50 Shotcha. And um, I went to South Beach I think it was my Memorial Day weekend or something, and me and my homie came out the hotel to walk the strip. And I could now, keep in mind, 
I ain't never been to Miami before. But I've been in a lot of different magazines and people seen, you know, yo, but I was in a couple of videos, you know what I'm saying? I could not get up the block <laughs> within 40 minutes. And you know, those, those are some long blocks. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't from people wanting to take pictures, do want to drop. It just, it just was ugly. Like it's like I was getting mobbed. Yeah. Like I was like Jay-Z or something. It was crazy. And, and my man Hood is looking at me like, <laughs> like we like, what the fuck is going on? Like all day to to where it got where I was like, come on, let's go back to the hotel. Like I got all kind of people sweat on me and all the kind of <laughs> taking pictures. I just felt ugly. <laughs> then came out that night all over again. And the funny thing is, I I'm doing a documentary as well called The Gatekeeper. Currently, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm trying to get it out. Uh, like right around the time my book come out. Awesome. End of the year. And I got video for it because we always used to have a video camera. So I got video footage of all of this. Like crazy. I have even. When I used to pull up to the station, the Hot 97, mm -hmm. do my show, it would be literally 70, 80 guys. The most guys it was, was I say about 113, we counted, <laughs> out in front of the building, waiting to give me CDs, blasting their music. It's like a party every Thursday night. Like, yeah. it was crazy. Like, the frenzy I had on me when I first started working at that station yeah. was unbelievable. All right, this is a little bit forward, but mm -hmm. uh, you sort of sunned us when we when we came up to you one time. Are they <laughs> right? ready yeah. for this? Yeah, yeah so come we, on, let's go. We let's met, go. We're talking... 2007. 2007, right? Yeah. So we start out, and we're just like, all right, we're going to do... We're going to do... We're, it's the real. We're going to do like some authentic like interviews and sketches and, and whatever. And part of that... Uh, Someone called us down to Atlantic when they were at 1290 on 6th on, uh, mm -hmm. Avenue, right? So we run into you in the lobby, and we're like, oh, shit, we got our Canon XL, like, big camera, right? Um, and we're like, yo, that's Case we Slay right there. We were going to see uh, Jim Jones. Oh, yeah, we are going to see Jimmy because he was working at, at Warner at the time, right? So we're downstairs, and we see you there, and we're just like, yo. Like, this is the time of, like, getting drops, right? We're like, yo, that's Case Slay right there. And... You know, we're we're just two kids like new to this. Like, we're like, yo, let's get a drop. So we go up to you and we're like, yo, um, this know, is so, who we are. Yeah, like, big fans. It, like, we're, this is this is a big moment for us. Can we just get a drop? We'll take the camera out and you just say like, hey, what's up? It's K Slay, and like you're watching. It's the real or something like that. And you're like, nah. I mean, the hot dog. I don't want like food all over me. Like, nah, I'm, I'm not good. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're totally, eating. That totally, totally get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. A week, a week later, maybe right? less. You're on. You put out a YouTube video where you're sitting on the toilet <laughs> and eating a bowl of cereal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Pap and, and Uncle Murder were going yeah, at it. Yeah, they was right? going at it. And, and we're just like, this guy can sit in a toilet, but he can't, like, have, like, you know, food on his shirt? Like, <laughs> that, that video's not online anymore, but it happened. Yeah. It happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the toilet bowl one, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah we're just like, shit. man. Casely got us, like just like yeah. <laughs> Damn, man, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> but man. you know what? Though ten years later, here yeah. you are. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the podcast, exactly. Um, can we get that drop? Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, y'all got the drop, the show, whatever. Y'all can get it all. <laughs> so, listen, so um, you're killing it with mixtapes. You're you're at Hot ninety seven Thursday nights. You know, we grow up listening to you. We know what a powerful like medium this is. Like when you shout out all the uh, all all the guys in jail. When you 
like drop that like um the drama king is in the building like drop like we're with you but like we have no idea what it's like to have 113 people outside handing you mixtapes was there anybody there who handed you a mixtape that actually became something damn man it was a lot of people that used to be in front of the building i'm saying papoose who i wound up dealing yeah, with right um, uncle murder used to be out there um Gravy used to be out there, the one who he played Biggie. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Was every, Mano outside? Mano, yeah. 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 Mano, every artist. Every New coming, York, yeah, mixtape artist. New York artist. But actually, when I, when I first met Mano, it was at my video shoot for uh, uh, for Too Much For Me with Amory, Foxy Brown. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that's when he first came Not out. Nas. Not Nas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not yeah. Nas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. Y'all already know that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, pretty much every artist that was coming up, yeah, uh, used to be in front of that building. We had shells used to be out there. Um, Poster Boy, yeah, was doing his thing back then. Cassidy, like it was like everybody. Cassidy was waiting outside. Yeah, wow. everybody. This is the most 2005 conversation <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah, like everybody who was pretty much doing their thing. It was just not even like it was certain dudes that I had affiliation with people like. And they could have had them, but it was like, I know everybody's going to be out there, so I need to be out there. Like, yeah. like everybody would come out there, even if it was just to hang out. Like, it's going to be live. Then they all have cars <laughs> blasting the show from downstairs <laughs> and, and just sitting, hoping, like, waiting to see if their record was going to come on. Um, you know? What did Jay-Z think when, when you played Ether? I mean, I'm... It's hard to say what he think, but I I can't imagine he liked it. <laughs> well, I mean, like coming from you, I didn't know like if he had any any, any interactions from you, because obviously he didn't like the song. I mean, it starts with "fuck Jay Z." <laughs> I mean, well, me and I had a couple of like small like altercations, nothing big, you know. But we had words on different occasions and shit because you know, like hip hop is a, an emotional sport when it comes to your your brand being gunned at you understand what i'm saying but i was always more like shit i'd be mad at nas more than anything he made the fucking record like, yeah you understand what i'm saying but i think the 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 angriest jay i ever seen him mad at me was when i played uh ether right but this was after ether was out then um fat joe had a record called king in new york and i was playing that but it wasn't going at Jay, but it was called King of New York. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm Saturday night, I'm going in, screaming, <laughs> King of New York, nah, it's a new King of New York, whatever, playing the Fat Joe record, you know, and everything. <laughs> I'm just doing K Slay, and then I remember Lenny S hitting me, uh, and it was New Year's Eve. And I you were saying forget. Happy New Year's? Nah. <laughs> like, he hit me and said, yo, what's up? Yo, Jay want to holler at you. I'm like, all right, no doubt, you know. What he want to holler at me about? He's like, I don't know. He want to holler at you. All right, cool. Have him call me. So he called me. I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm like, what's up, man? He said, I'm saying, what's up with this? The King of New York shit. I hear you say King of New York. I said, well, which, which one you upset about? Like, <laughs> I said it twice. Like, you know, I said it about Nas because he beat you with Ethan. I said it about, uh, you know, Fat Joe had it back in King of New York. And he just fucking exploded. Like, yo, y'all think I'm tripping over that shit? I ain't tripping over this shit. It was a fucking setup. He set me up. This shit was rigged. Like, 
And I I'm, I got quiet. Cause I looked at my phone like, I never heard the homie get out of character like that. I said, man, I ain't got nothing to do with the station politics. <laughs> that motherfucker, I know you ain't got nothing to do with it. You don't push no buttons up there. You don't push no I know who control shit. So at this point, I'm like, yo, look, man. It's New Year's Eve, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the hood. You ain't got nothing else better to do than call a nigga from the hood talking about uh, this shit right here. And I think at this point he caught that he was a little bit out of character in who he was talking to. It was like, yo, you know what? You're 100% right, man. He said, yo, congratulations on all your success and your devils. We good? So I paused for a second. He said, we good? I said, yeah, we good. He hung up, I hung up. But see, that was pertaining to when he dropped Super Ugly. Mm-hmm. And he called that big meeting at the station and played it. And I was real vocal about, now, everybody has to understand, this wasn't Ether against TakeOver. Right. right. Now, I still would have felt Ether was better than TakeOver because Ether was solely about him. TakeOver was divided against him and Mob Deep. It was mm-hmm. more than really Mob Deep and them in the beginning. And then he added the Nas verse later because I had the first version that was on my mixtape from Summer Jam. It ain't that uh, ask Nas, he don't want to withhold it, it like that. Nobody heard the whole verse towards Nas. So you put that out. Except for your friend Kanye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he had put eat, uh, uh, Takeover out. Ether came. Then after Ether came, he came with Super Ugly. Right. Now, when he came with Super Ugly, Super Ugly was nowhere in the lane of Ether. Right. right. I'm sorry. And, and we, it came out later on that, you know, I wasn't picking sides or just being bitter about anything. It's the truth. Like, at first, it was just me up in the room looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? To After that, everybody agreed with me because people on the phone lines was going nuts like y'all mother- y'all crazy like right. so now that's after that now I'm on the air king of New York this and that so I guess he kind of felt like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. oh this motherfucker is too <laughs> right. vocal with a lot yeah. of this shit going on but that's that's probably I mean most of the other little run-ins we had that was probably the, the, the time I seen him the most out of character but FYI as in the past, he doing what he doing, I'm doing what I'm doing. I ain't old and bitter. And that's why I hate to tell any type of stories about any kind of, you know, run-ins you have with people because they try to say, oh, he's just old and bitter and Jay is doing this and that. No, if y'all ask me a question right. on your podcast, yeah, yeah. So I answered it. It's like, like I came up here to talk about, but you know how blogs do. Blogs like to take little parts and throw it out there and the people that's listening Try to say, oh, that nigga just old and better. He talking with, nah, that's not it, yo. Right. Ask a question, I give an answer. Yeah. You know? Also, your skin looks great. You're not, you know, old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I take, I drink a lot of water, man. Yeah. I advise everybody to drink that's... a gallon of water every day. You're 28 gonna, years sober, too, by the way. And you're going to piss a lot. <laughs> but you have to drink a gallon of water every fucking day. You uh, got a weak bladder, don't do what? it. See, that's why you came on the podcast, to give that PSA. Little PSA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? Can you talk about first meeting uh, Cam and Jimmy? Mm, that's funny. Cameron is going to be younger. Yeah, it's funny. It goes right back to, I had got Cameron's album before it was supposed to be out. Confessions of Fire. Oh, whew, early. Do you remember the mixtape or something? Like, what, that, that you're on? No, the one I put out. No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not Nardwar. Long story <laughs> short, 
I was wrong. I played probably a little more songs than I should have played okay. on a mixtape. Cam never met me, didn't know me, and he was sending messages about when he see me, he want to do this, that, and third. I'm like, How's oh. he sending these messages to you? Through different people. I yeah. mean, Harlem's not that big. So. Yeah, but, you know, I'm an old man. Mind you, I'm an older dude. I'm older than Cam. Cam ain't really know me, whatever. So I had this tournament called We Will Ball in my project, and there was a guy named Richie Parker, and um, they used to play with Rock and them from Jefferson. And, you know, Cameron knew how to hoop. Mm-hmm. So right in between that, it's so funny because who comes walking on the court in my project? <laughs> my project. My project with Richie Parker and them. It's camera. <laughs> so I tap my brother. I go like this. So he go to like, yo, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. So I go over to him. And I tap him, go, yo, what up, Cam? He go, what up? He gives me a pound, and when he goes to move, I hold his hand. I go, it was K Slate. So, you know, he kind of <laughs> looks and goes, yo, that was all a misunderstanding. I said, I'm not worried about that, man. I said, you good, though? He go, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, man. We'll have a good time out here today. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, they played and everything. And after that, like, it was funny. That's how we met. Crazy. And... You know, we wasn't the best of friends from there or whatever, but what happened was um, as time went on and I heated up, I remember him reaching out to me and saying, yo, I'm putting together this movement, Harlem Diplomats, you're doing your thing, I want you to be a part of it. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, yo, um, I'm going to come by your crib, you know, do some freestyles, whatever this and that. There. So he would come by the spot I had on 119th at first, freestyles, him, um, Joel Santana, but Joel's, I had already knew him since he was younger with draft pick. Mm -hmm. So he'd been in my crib way before that. Then he had Jim Jones, and Jim Jones was just starting to rap. And I got the first freestyles he did over uh, the Motherless Child joint, the Wu-Tang joint, mm -hmm. the Motherless Child. I got that freestyle. McGruff, like they would all come through. We start formulating it. And then uh, when it came time for him to uh, do the mixtape, here we go again. We go to... Um, that that was the the, the, the diplomat the one we had all the mix on yeah, baseline studio, hmm. which we know who yep. ran baseline studio sure, <laughs> and um, we went there and we did the mixtape, bumped it to Jan. I almost <laughs> had an altercation again. Man. You understand? But that you know, but he must have also like not been happy that you were working with the diplomats. <laughs> no, but this what thing is, it wasn't a matter of me working with them because I'm from Harlem and I was rocking with Cam and him and Cam wasn't the best of friends right. already. So yeah. Yeah. It, it, it that had nothing to do with me. That was a him and Cameron thing. Yeah. And me and his thing were separate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Man, Brooklyn versus Harlem. Yeah, it was pretty much. And it's been like that in the past. But mm -hmm. it was, so, you know, once we put that tape out, the shit starts shaking. It, it started making noise. And I remember telling Cam, I said, yo, y'all got to go back in and, complete the old boy song because it was only a minute and change freestyle. I said, y'all got to complete that. That's a, a hit. That's a banger. He said, yeah, you're right. They went in and did it. That song went out the roof. Mm -hmm. Then if y'all remember, uh, Come Home With Me, I'm on the intro of the album. Yeah, yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I'm on the intro of that album, Talking Crazy. I was originally on the hook to Hey Ma, <laughs> but I made him take me off it. <laughs> what were you saying on there? That, that you know, that shit, hey, ma. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah. My voice couldn't do it. I said, yo, I sound like a fucking 
bitch, Cam, take me out. I can't. He was like, no, no, Slay, just try to relax it. Say like how you talking to a bitch. And I'm like, hey, mom, what's up? I'm like, yo, my nigga, I can't. Like certain things, certain people's voices are not working on. But if you look at the back of the credit of my album, my name is still on there. But, but yeah, because I originally tried, I couldn't do it, man. How well did you know Mace or any of, like, his version of Harlem World. Oh, you mean the, the rapper Mace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I could tell you the craziest shit nobody ever understood is I never met Mace till like around three years ago. Three years from what? From, yeah, like literally for some reason we was just never in the same place at the <laughs> same time. It's weird. Yeah. Super weird. I mean, I know I got a little age on him and everything, but i never seen him before. Crazy. Nobody believes that. Like, I mean, I've seen Big L, McGruff, yeah. Cameron, like, you name it. Like, me and Mace just never. Everybody in this group, Rest in Peace, HUD 6, mm -hmm. um, Loon, um, uh, 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 Pierre Cardin, like, yep. uh, Blinky, Blink, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you just never, named all Harlem World, except for Yeah, because yeah, I'm from uptown. I just, yeah. for some reason, I never ran into Mace till about three years ago, and that was even in passing, too. Yeah. Well, what'd you like, say? Were you just no, like, we was walking by, like, you know, and he, he caught out with me, caught out with me. He was like, yo, I was like, yo, yo. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we was both on the move, yeah. but we both acknowledged each other. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Like that. Uh, you were also on the intro to 50 Cent, uh, right? You did his intro for, I did, uh, I for did, Power of the... Uh, I did the... Yeah, that was for the, the sample. Before it came out, the, yeah. the sampler, yeah, I called... He called me and they'd do that again. It, like, I was there... But like the beginning of a lot of people's careers, a lot of people don't know that. I don't really speak about it a lot because you know if they don't speak about it. I won't. But it's funny, even the story with uh, how that happened. Um, Rich Nice from Trapmasters hit me up, and that's when they was at uh, Sony, right? Yep. And they said, "Yo, um, Fifty wants you to um, come." Or do his mixtape for him. You know, I got a check for you, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I come by, the hit factory. I go in the booth, they throwing the music on, then 50 comes running in the booth laughing. And he gives me a pound. What up, K Slay? He goes, yo, I'm letting you know right now, I don't have a dime to give you, but if you do this <laughs> shit, I'll never forget it. You won't regret this. So I look at this dude, and I'm like, yo, the fucking nerve of him. Like, but the way he did it and the way he finessed it, I said, yo, cut the mic on, man. Wow. And I did it. You know what I'm saying? I did it. So a lesson to everyone out there. Tell yeah. Case that you have money for him and then, and just then don't. The, yeah. <laughs> that shit won't work anymore. But you know what it was? He was talented. So I, I felt like it didn't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt it was going to go somewhere. I didn't know he was going to go where he went. but And then eventually he came to my career to freestyle and... Um, then that same studio he had that little mishap at. It was a hit factory. It was mm -hmm. like a little bit right after that, and then he wound up um, catching his other situation where um, he got shot. And I never forget, I had just got signed with Violator, mm -hmm. and I was sitting up in the office, you know, with Eric Nixon. He came walking in the office slow, you know, he's he's kind of you know like recovering. He was real thin, and I'm looking at him because he was a real bulky dude. Right. Like looking at him, I was like kind of like damn man, like. I felt bad, like they did him dirty, and he was like, "Yo, slave man, you see what niggas did? Like, you know, yo, I'ma need you." I'm like, "Nah, don't worry, we good. Like, we good." Yeah. And Chris Lighty came to me and was like, "Yo, 
your budget open. I'm gonna swing something that way and I'm gonna let him go in the studio. I said, all right, cool, like, go ahead. And then he came back, um, he recorded Magic Stick. And I was like, nah, I don't want that. Because <laughs> not that it was whack, but before Little Kim, prior, that was just a dude with a record rapping about his dick. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. think about it. Yeah. yeah. The Little Kim collabo would have made it a back and forth. Like, yeah, I right. could, but that was like, let me hear something else. And yeah. then he went in and he recorded 50 Shots. I said, that's a K-Slay <laughs> record right there. Yeah. That's mine. Like, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yo, it's, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> looking through our iTunes from, like, Mine and Jeff's, like, we got so many of your songs, right? Yeah. And, like, so you're on so many tracks that, that we got in our iTunes. One of our favorites that's an original of yours yeah. is Not Your Average Joe. Oh, man. That's a great fucking record. Yo, I'm so angry with the label with that one. <laughs> that's when I know it was time to leave because <laughs> that record should have fucking went through the moon. Yeah, like, no kidding. Fat Joe... Joe Button, the R&B singer Joe, Joe yeah, and not your average Joe. The t- everything was yeah. just like a no-brainer. And the sample, I mean, yo, and, and the shit that's so crazy is that, um, the first single I used off of that, which was political, it was with uh, Three Six Mafia. Who gives a fuck where you're from? But that's because mm-hmm. NFL Street had collaborated with Sony, and they wanted me as a character in the game. So mm-hmm. I was a character in the game. Once you got to a certain level, you would play my team. And it, we also had a digital image video of us and doing the uh, the video with the cartoon characters and the regular ones. So, okay, I said, I understood that. And I rock with 3-6 Mafia. So we needed an up-tempo joint to come first. I said, well, we're going to go with my dudes, 3-6. But the second single was supposed to be that. This is where the scumbag shit comes <laughs> Def Jam was interested in the record because Joe Buttons was on it and they couldn't find a single for him. Hmm. So they was like, yo, well, would you mind? What it was, I had so many Def Jam records on my album. They was like, well, we'll clear everything for free, which they was going to clear anyway. Yeah. But with the charge them a fee, but we also want to use this record for Joe Button's album. Did you have Scarface on that album too? Yeah, yeah. Scarface Another was Def on my, Jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Scarface was uh, Ghostface. The record was Scarface. Yeah. Both of them was from Def Jam. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Face Off. Yeah. No, nah, my shit was Def Jammed up, <laughs> in the scoped up. Like you designed the wrong label. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and um, I said, man, you know what? I ain't gonna hate. Go ahead, but, you know. But they didn't even do it. Like that record just. Dwindled, man. You Still a great record. Yeah, it is. I yeah. play it every now and then on Shade 4 or 5, yeah. man. There know? was some other... I'm trying... I, I was just looking up on my phone. I was trying to figure out... There was a mixtape you put out, and it was a guy's face who was mashed in. And I can't remember... It had a great title to it, too. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You know what's so crazy? I just looked at that cover the other day. It looked like he got shot, hit with a shotgun or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. like his face... And I was just like, wow. That <laughs> looks like hamburger meat. Like, it's just like... <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I can't... I can't, I did so many tapes, I can't, but I just looked at that, it's crazy you said it, because I just looked at that shit the other day and said, what the fuck made you <laughs> Inception. that cover? Um, yeah. I read somewhere that you actually put together every bit of Straight Sun Magazine. Yeah, I do. That's crazy. Yeah, every page, every article, everything. Yeah, I do that page by page. Like that, that's amazing. So, so um, it's a lot of asses. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why I'm never bored doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's uh, famous audio of you, of Clue calling in mm-hmm. and you going in on him to mm-hmm. the nth degree. 
Um, which we find hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's it's a place and a time, right? Yeah. Uh, like, what what did you feel during during that, like, era? Like, it, between, like, you know, you and, and someone who was, you know, a, 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 of a similar level? What it was is that, um, and I could sit here today as a grown man and say, it was nothing really personal with Clue. It was he was in the way like if it's just like boom y'all two steps away from being the greatest podcast of ever but they keep throwing these two podcasts ahead of y'all mm-hmm. you're like you know what fuck this shit like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying so that's almost what it was like for me so I said in order for me to get the crown I gotta bang with the dude with the crown mm-hmm. hell that even if I don't get it I'm going to be aligned with him because I'm going to go head up with him and I'm going to give him a run. So, you know, I was doing an interview upstate somewhere and somebody asked me something pertaining to him. I I said what I said and he, somebody up there knew him, called him and said, yo, I heard you were saying, I said, yeah, I did say this. I repeated exactly what I said. Yeah. Like, and, um, that conversation went from there. (laughs) Now, mind you, that was not over the air. Oh. You know, it wasn't, just so y'all know, that recording was not over the air. They recorded off the air because, of course, we was cursing and all kind of shit. Yeah, so they yeah. couldn't play that on the air. <laughs> right. So well, I didn't was, know if there was, like, it was, rules you were breaking after, like, midnight <laughs> or something. Nah, and it wasn't at Hot 97 either. We was upstate at another nigga show. I forgot who show it was. I can't remember whose show it was, but it wasn't even in, we wasn't even down this part of New York. It was like upstate, or, so, or Connecticut, or Boston. Like, I'm, I'm, I gotta backtrack now, because I gotta uh, try to remember where it was at. But anyway, long story short, what happened was, after that, like, they had that audio, I didn't have it, Clue didn't have it. So it was like, all right, we had an argument, nobody knows about it. It was, it was what it was, right. but then, Surprise. <laughs> no, what happened was a dude I knew said, yo, nigga said they got this audio with Clue with blacking out on you and they going to edit it and this and that. So I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because, <laughs> you know, people can edit shit to make it sound a certain way. So that's when I reached out to the dude that had to listen, better get that shit to me the way it was. I'm going to bust that head. Like, you know, I was on my, my old school shit and he yeah. gave it to me and then... You know, I said, fuck that. Before anybody try to throw it out and alter it any other way, they're going to hear it the exact way it was. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And, <laughs> and I, I put the shit on a mixtape, I think. <laughs> I think it was the month of a bad guy, some shit. Yeah. I think it was that tape. I just put it out. But um, like I said, that was just a competition, man, like a competitiveness in me, competitiveness in him. He doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, we see each other. We say, what's up? We cool. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We ain't mm-hmm. best friends. Right. Yeah. We don't go bowling together. But when I see him, it's love. You well, understand what I'm saying? With? Nobody. I don't <laughs> even know how to bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word up. Um, um, who has a better leather collection than you? Nobody. N- Ooh. Nobody. Talk about it. Nobody. <laughs> I, yeah, listen, man. When I tell you I have so many levers that I have some in my storage. Like, I literally can't. I'm talking about... Jackets with my name on it, all kind of shit, snakeskin, suede, all kind. Like my jacket collection is, is incredible. It could. I forget about jackets that I got. Like some people, <laughs> people go, "Yo, yeah, whatever happened to that jacket?" Or oh, where that? I go, "Oh shit!" You know what? 
Where the fuck that jacket at? <laughs> like, come on, I no nobody. Is that is that all thanks to Harlem? I mean, I'm I'm gonna give you. All right, I would say it's thanks to like part of Harlem and part of uh, Eric B and Rakim. Mm. Their level and, and which was they was going to see Dapper Dan, which was Harlem, but yep. their creativeness and their jacket, like you never seen them wear a jacket that was the same. It always had a different twist of style in it. So I was like, okay, I'm a you know twist. No, I'm from uptown. I'm already doing it, but they just made me get extra. <laughs> like you understand what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, I could say it's a combination of both. How much does a good leather cost for you? Well, it depends on how. Or what you want to get done to it, you know what I'm saying? It could be two thousand, it could be fifteen hundred, mm. it could be a thousand. It depends. Like fifty or, bucks. Fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, you could get the collar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you probably could get the collar and hold on to it. So you could get, you know, the rest of the jacket, the arm. Yeah, I'm gonna sleeve, do it on layaway. That's right. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Piece by piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. That that one point five million dollar papoose deal mm -hmm. was legendary. Like, cause that's hitting. Right when the internet is like, you know, all the blogs are talking and like mm -hmm. he's he's, you know, he's of an era that, you know, it, it was like he made it right. And you got him that deal and that number was extraordinary. Yeah. How did it feel at the time? That was a crazy feeling because I was up against a lot of doubts, doubters, uh, disbelievers, you understand, because of the nature of his his talent like it was, it was at a time where you know trapping was heavy south was dominant and they was really not listening to no new york artists especially if you was going to flip the script the bit the, that you know like spitting that shit so um i just built him man to a level where i knew somebody eventually was going to want to deal with him and when chris lighty seen what i was doing with him rest in peace he wanted to be a part of it Buster Rhymes wanted to be a part of it. Like, a lot of people wanted to be a part of it. Nas was trying to get the situation signed through him, which that was not happening, <laughs> you know, all due respect. Mm -hmm. because, because of your relationship with him? It wasn't just the relationship with him. Remember, Nas' deal was running through Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. I'm running a deal through somebody. I had a situation with bad situation with Nas, mm -hmm. and, and he had a bad situation with Jay-Z, and me and Jay-Z wasn't seeing eye to eye. I was like, that's... <laughs> Like, business, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's well, but how far along does that even get for mm -hmm. it to be like you know considered that you're like that you're bringing up now, like that that, that it could have happened? You know, like how how far in that process did it get it along? It didn't get anywhere. Once it was mentioned to me, I was like, it's never gonna happen, Pat. <laughs> and and then not to mention his lawyer at the time was saying that Def Jam offer was five hundred thousand, but we already was getting offered seven hundred and fifty thousand once to touch it. Uh, hit from Atlantic, but uh, Chris Lighty was like, "Nah, hold on, hold on, forget about what anybody else talking about. Like, I'm gonna get you that bag. Like, we gonna get the bag for him because he's heating up." He said, "I fucked up in the past. Let me fix this situation. Like, huh? you, you, like we owe each other this one." I said, "Okay, Chris." I sat back, and when he hit me and said, "Yo, you got your lawyer ready? Everything?" He said, "1.5 million." I was like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, come on, Chris. Like, he was like, I'm serious. Like, he said, yo, my lawyers called up and everything. It was what it was. Man, that was the end of that negotiation. <laughs> yeah, it was the end. It was so crazy as Pap Lawyer, man. 
Nigga, nigga's a dickhead, yo. I ain't gonna shout him out and disrespect mm-hmm. the man, but Snigger, when that happened, like he tried to tell him, yo, I'm telling you, uh, we should still do Def Jam, this and that. And when he told me that, I was like, yo, come meet me and let's sign this shit and get this shit up, man. Fuck your lawyer. That nigga's an idiot. You know, like, you know, like, what was your obligation over there? Like, that you was like, you would wanna go somewhere for a million dollars less mm-hmm. up under two other entities. Nigga, what, 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 what were you working for, man? Get the fuck out Wild. of here. Yeah, so we did the situation and, uh, I mean, it was a learning experience for him because I, I tried to tell him to stay away from certain situations when you get in the music industry. Like, these people are doing business. Nobody wants a liability. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't fall into these beefs. Don't get caught up in that. Uh, street guys around him help amp him up to feed into little situations and shit happened to where the business didn't want to, the label didn't want to do business with him. Mm-hmm. So, but did you have a good meal after you signed that that contract? Oh yeah, my <laughs> yeah my check was three hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so, a lot of nice others, meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah three hundred forty thousand. Which, a lot of which, which yeah. most of that was expenses because it took four years for me to get them that. So mm. that was four years of me paying for studio time and paying for things and shit to get done. Like you understand what I'm saying? But it was worth it, man. Like you know, I don't regret it. So now you got a book and a documentary coming out. Yeah, I got a book, a documentary. I got an album coming out in June. This album is is so left field. People ain't gonna be expecting to hear it. Uh, it's called The Big Brother. Um, the first single is with Rick Ross, Two Chains, and Kevin Gates. Well, Jesus. Right. <laughs> I got a joint, um, Lights Glowing, and that's with. Um, Chic, Chic Luch, Styles P, and Scarface. All right. I got a joint. That's a song for the ladies. <laughs> it's, it's no, <laughs> oh, yeah. Rough ladies. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got a joint called uh, uh, Regulate, which that's Jada Kiss, Lloyd Banks, and Joel Ortiz. Um, this is one of my favorite. Uh, Jealous, Jealousy is Buster Rhymes, Tech Nine, and The Game. Um, so you're not playing? No, uh, 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 uh. How long did it take to put this together? I doctor drained it. Yeah, I doctor drained it. It, it. it was like a time where I didn't feel like it was gonna be appreciated, and I wasn't throwing it away. Mm. One of my favorite records I got. It got uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mac Miller, and Kevin Gates. Wow. What? Yeah, I got a joint with with, with them on it. Uh, I got another joint called My Culture that got Ransom. Pat Poose, John Connor, and Locksmith on it. Wow. That's lyrical. That's some lyrical. Who's the, who are you putting this through? Um, Ghazi. Empire. Oh, yeah. Empire. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we already I already did the situation with them. So that's that's locked Congratulations. In. Yeah. 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 They, they are the place right yeah. now. Yeah. I got shit on there. Like, I got Fat Joe. Who's on it? Fat Joe, Bun B, and McGruff. <laughs> um... I got a joint with Raekwon, Young Buck. It was it Raekwon, Young Buck, and um J Rock? Wow. Like so, I got I got flamers. And, yeah. And people around me heard they was like it was slay. <laughs> they not ready for this shit. You, you need know? that Desi Des like freestyle though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nah, man, I'm fucking up with that. Track twenty one. <laughs> and the craziest shit is my. Intro the album, the freestyle I got, and it's so hard. 
is it opens up with the outlaws. Wow. Wow. Yep, Edie, I mean, him and Noble, they fucking, you know, they so destroyed it. There's not it's a section the, of this country that you have not, like, asked touched, to be a yeah. part of this. Nah, and, 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 and it's, it's strange because, you know, I'm, it's a lot of people on my album that a lot of people wouldn't put on projects because, you know, they feel like it's not popping, but... Right, Mac Miller is so hard to work with. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, and then, yeah, I got, and then I got another record with, who, who I got on this record? I got Razcast, Terminology, Mr. Fab, Loaded Lux, Oom P. <laughs> like, this is a straight, this one is yeah. a straight no. Bars. Just, and I got yeah. a female artist I'm working with named Miss Hustle, mm-hmm. who's really coming up. Heavy. She's, she's, she's I the first you, lady of street stunting. That's right. I hope yeah. you have a good lawyer who can, like, make sure that all the, yeah. <laughs> all the agreements are in place, because that's a lot of... But, well, that's a lot of paperwork. But, but just think about every album I had was was like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You understand? It's, it's really about the relationships because in this game, what you got to understand is the lawyers work for the artists. And once you are on a certain level, like Kendrick Lamar um, can't be told what he's not going to do about a late Like, come on. Like, right. you understand what I'm saying? Rick Ross can't be told, yo, you're not. They tell the label who they want to clear and who mm-hmm. they don't. So anytime an artist say the label don't want to clear some shit, that means they don't want to clear. <laughs> you understand <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I, I know. You know what I'm saying? As far as a, a artist who's stamped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anybody not clear their shit? No, I'm, I'm going through clearances now, but I've never in my career had a problem not getting something cleared. And I'm going to be honest with you. If somebody was to really try to handle me greasy like that or whatever, I'm going to put the fucking record out anyway and just can't make no money off of it. It's that simple. Like, yeah. it'll be promo for the internet. Sure. That's yeah. all. It's no, it's, it won't be no loss. It won't be no... I'm not losing. Like, so I'm not really stressing. All right, you don't want to clear it. You, you going, all right, remember that. You know, but I've never had nobody... And I had records with Eminem on down. Like, yeah. I've never had nobody not clear a record for me. Did Eminem give you the nail in the coffin uh, freestyle first? Yeah. Or the, the diss at Benzino and the I sauce? The, I had the, uh, and I had the Western Air joint. That was, what was that, the Hail Mary joint? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I put Buster on it. Right. You did. Yeah. Because Violator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Buster, Buster wasn't on it. And I remember that because Green Lantern was going to had the the, the, verse, them, the other version on his tape. So when he heard Buster was on it, he tried to call Paul Rosenberg and tried to have him call me. And I'll never forget, rest in peace, Chris Lighty was like, yo, don't answer your phone. <laughs> Until after midnight. I'm like, why? He said, because Green Lantern, you ran your mouth. He got whiffed that busters on it, and they trying to shut it down. I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, shit. It was trying to stop that. But, yeah, I put Buster, Buster Rhymes on that version. Do you so, know Do you know why he called Job Beatrice in that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, nobody does, yeah. so we can figure it out. An amazing verse. Maybe somebody will comment. An amazing disc. That whole thing was just like. Yeah, that whole record was just incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, but those were good times in the hip hop. You know, oh my god. Uh, battle and shit and everything. I, I had a good time with that. Man. It'll yeah, come back out. though, right? Like everybody's like friends now, but I feel like no. <laughs> no, I can't come back now, and that's almost why I don't really like cater to the drama king moniker anymore. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget what this culture is about. 
talent. And it's so many untalented motherfuckers now. You're talking to two now, of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. But when somebody says something, instead of them saying, okay, motherfucker, you said that, and go and get a mic, they want to go get a gun. Right. You want to get a knife, you want to back. I'm not advocating no fucking violence because that's not what this is about. And if you're not talented, then don't get into altercations where you want to get violent with it because it's not helping the culture. Like, if you going to be an MC or you consider yourself a rapper, you got to be uh, ready for when people want to come compete against you. And violence is not the way. When, when did that shit happen? When did Melly Melanum try to kill Cold Crush? Right. When did Force MDs and shit try to uh, kill the Fantastic Five? Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? Like, you understand? When did this shit come into play? The internet play? Because now I feel like before you you could hear a person calling you bitch ass nigga. Now you can see them doing it. Mm -hmm. it. It fucks with you. Or, you know, your girl, or, you know, a family member could be there. Oh, I see so-and-so calling you a bitch ass nigga. So now the whole rap situation went out the window. It's, it don't have nothing to do with rap no more. Now it's personal. Right. How that happen? See, so that we can never have no great battles come back unless it, it consists of brothers like, you know, Kendrick mm -hmm. or J. Cole or, you know, like brothers like that that you know, you know, ain't really trying to lose what they have over ego. Yeah. But when it comes to a lot of these brothers that really come from the street and the only way they know is violence, it's going to be violence. The only time there should be violence in this culture is when Case Lay is in that tunnel and someone's coming with cans and you have your baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Time Yo. to go. <laughs> Time to go. Case Lay, you don't understand what an honor it is to have you up here. We so appreciate it. We're, you know, we're finally going to get that drop. That's right. Yeah, finally. it's about time. I got you. Thank, thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about this podcast of ours, this thing of ours, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are also on Spotify and Google Play. And hopefully, whatever service you are using, uh, otherwise... You know, I don't know what to tell you. We're also on Twitter at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real. If you ever want to find us on Snapchat, we don't really update there much anymore, but... Yeah, we're, we're Instagram guys. Listen, it's 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 come to this, guys. Sna yeah. Snapchat's a wrap. Okay. Well, so is Facebook uh, story. Oh, that, but that, that Literally never, nobody I know uses it. That never, never came to be. But, but anyway, we're on Instagram at... Uh, uh, or on Snapchat. <laughs> we're at, everywhere. It's it's The Real and It's The Real. Eric, do not follow It's The Real on Snapchat. Here's, here's something I want to make uh, very clear. Go to Spotify right now and follow It's The Real. You can find all of our music there and future music there. And it is very important that you guys follow us on Spotify. Go there now. Uh, here's something we're trying to do. We're trying to grow this podcast. We want to really blow it out and make sure that this is getting to all the ears it needs to get to. So that starts with us. Jeff, do you have a friend you want to tell about this podcast? Yeah, I met this kid, Joe Vango. He, uh, that's not his real name, but that's what he goes by. Sure. Joe Vango, he came up from Philly and uh, walked around the airport side with me for like an hour. Nice. Yeah, good good guy. Good, good guy. Good Great. enough to hang out with him for an hour. Very probably nice. more. Very nice. Um, but yeah, super nice guy, super driven guy. He's uh, like 22 and coming up. I, the other night, was hanging out with one of my college roommates, Jimmy Smith from Syracuse. He was in town. And uh, I jumped on a local train down at 59th Street, Columbus Circle. You ride the train? The limousine was in the shop. But for this night, I jumped on the local train 
and uh, I was stopped by a dude who introduced himself as a huge fan of the podcast. His name is DJ Mills. He's from Baltimore, and he wanted to come up, he told me, for the SOB show, but wasn't able to come up. He hates his job, and we help him get through the day, and that is the best compliment. Shout out to DJ Mills from Baltimore, uh, who was listening to the Tuxedo episode on the ride up from Baltimore, and uh, great, great dude, really excited about the podcast, and I'm very glad that we can pass the time. Yes. Uh, leave your shitty job. That's right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Please go tell a friend about this podcast. Not for real, for real. Not for real, for real. We will see you next week. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck.